0: Hi, I'm Jillian Swinford. And I'm Haley Broleson. And this is Mother Nature Will Kill You. A podcast about the most horrific tragedies and the most triumphant survival stories that the wilderness can provide. So grab your backpack. And maybe a bottle of wine. And let's go on a wild ride into the unknown. Walking down this road I go, but I am going alone. Running far, far from home Till I am but skin and bone Oh episode 14 what day is it what year is it i don't know (laughs) the 15th of august in the year 2021 so how are we doing this morning we got our coffee yes like yes yes i definitely have my coffee waylon is here and he conveniently just got up and Mm -hmm. (laughs) wants to go outside now and it's not gonna happen and he's got his little uh hunched back like mom come on <laughs> please mom please let me out and it's like no you, you're fine you can stay here for like 45 minutes it's gonna be okay marcy's sleeping as usual getting all snuggy she's a lazy dog and at first i thought it was like oh she's understimulated. i feel so bad blah 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 and it's like no oh, it's she's her. she's part whippet, and that's like part of the greyhound family and so they're actually super duper lazy. They're like oh, really? one, one of those dogs that are like quick burst of energy when they need it, when they're chasing something, when they're running. Oh. Like when she's playing, you know, she's crazy. But most of the time she's like, I want to snug on the couch with you. I would have thought the exact opposite. Yeah, no, it's, they're kind of like Thoroughbreds in that way where they, because they're race dogs, right? Yeah. So they got to save up every, or cheetahs, you know, they got to save up everything for that real fast. Huh. Versus speed. Sense. Yeah. That yeah, makes sense. I just, yeah, no, no, here, and yeah. England is like. Going crazy. Unsettled. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, let me out. So wow. if you hear me snapping, it's because I'm trying to not yell at him. But yes. get his attention. Um, but yeah, this morning it's uh, gloomy here. It's raining. All the storms that are passing us are giving us all this weather. So it's you know good it stay is. in bed Sunday weather. Hurricane <laughs> season. Woo hoo! It is. And so <laughs> I saw the photo yesterday of uh, the radar when it shows for us down here, and it's like we're just perpetually in the cone of whatever storm is yeah. coming through. <laughs> Uh. and it's like when will it end. So yeah, so Fred um <clears throat> Fred just went past us and like I think it was about probably 12 hours before it was projected to hit us. It moved um like southwest more, so it went over Cuba instead mm-hmm. of actually hitting us. Yeah. But we got all the rain and wind from that um yesterday and into today and then grace is right behind him and that's projected to hit us on wednesday and as of right now it's a tropical storm but there's whispers about it turning into a hurricane so yeah we'll see (laughs) it's here the season is here and if it's not hitting you it's gonna be hitting me so it's gonna be (laughs) I'll send you a warning (laughs) it passes me before it hits you (laughs) let's just hope they all go to the east coast and we don't have to you know worry about I'm just kidding I don't that's where our parents live so I (laughs) I know my my mom said the same thing when I was on the phone with her yesterday my dad was like no the Outer Banks house is there and she's like oh yeah my bad sorry (laughs) just send them all to Louisiana I don't I don't care about Louisiana it's a garbage state I'm just kidding I don't want anybody to die (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I don't want anyone to die either. But I will say whenever I've driven through Louisiana, it just smells like burnt tires. It's a garbage state. I don't know why. (laughs) Their roads are awful. So Corey and I, when we moved down here, we rented a big U-Haul and we drove from Virginia to Texas and we towed my uh, little Jeep. And um, you could tell when you hit Mississippi and Louisiana because like you just speed driving along and all of a sudden you just be like <laughs> hit a bump and, then <laughs> and I was trying to take a nap and Corey was driving because I was super duper sick um this was in 2019 early 2019 so it was before COVID but I okay. felt awful and I couldn't sleep because there's just so many bumps <laughs> Sam oh, <Rose>. I'm sure <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's not the best no yeah Can you just, like, look at Waylon real quick? Yeah, sure. Where is he? He's right here. Where he at? Waylon. We got to record, Bubba. (laughs) That's a small (laughs) wag. He's giving me the eyes. I love love him. (laughs) (laughs) We still talk about that time that Corey picked you and I up from that, you know, party that Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. I was... (laughs) sick then too with allergies i think maybe and so i was blowing my nose in the back seat and waylon just wanted to eat my tissues oh, and i wow. wouldn't let him so he got mad at me and decided he was going to go sit on Corey's lap who was driving oh <laughs> yeah that just goes to show how blacked out i was that night because i don't remember any of that <laughs> no you were you were asleep very much yeah. asleep in the front seat Yeah. Wayne Lou is like, I'm going to eat this woman's tissues and I'm going to go sit on this man's lap. Okay. This is good. Oh, wow. Oh, no. I like try to block that night out of my head. (laughs) I had a pretty good time. It was fun. (laughs) Except for the whole getting too drunk part. Yeah. (laughs) Because I saw photos that pop up on my memories about the Flumbongo that we had. Yes. (laughs) I didn't know that video of me existed, to be honest. Oh my God, and I found it. I love it. I've rare, I rarely have done a beer bong in any, I've done it like maybe three times and that was one of them and you happen to get it on video and you still fucking have it. So That's thank great. you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> That's why I don't delete anything. A flabongo, for those of you who want to know, is basically a beer bong out of a uh, plastic yard flamingo. <laughs> Instead of a classic beer bong. So, um, and this was both when we were working in fisheries in Virginia. E- yeah. And- <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the saying e- is if you're going to work in fisheries, you have got to drink. know how to drink like a fish. So, <laughs> drink like a fish. I literally said that earlier this week because, so you know how you got a Yeti cup from yes. that event? Well, I have an Arctic one because I went to a fundraiser. Ooh, is that, that the I- CCA logo for Texas on it too? Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Shout out CCA. Yep. So, got that shit that. for free. <laughs> that. Yeah, that's a nice cup. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah, so, okay. So, I do have a little story to tell you that's uh, survival adjacent. Cool, cool. Um, so, my brother was here two weekends ago. Oh, yeah. Right? How did you like his girlfriend? Oh, also, pause. Your makeup and that one photo, I thought that was a filter. Yeah, she did it for me. I was like, I saw that in the comments. Someone mentioned like how nice your makeup looks and you're like, yeah, she did it for me. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, Jillian, that looks so great. I thought it was a filter. That's how good that is. No. Yeah. So she's going to art school, which I love as a fellow artist. So we actually had some like drawing time together, which was Mm -hmm. fun. And but yeah, so she also went to cosmetology school, and she's like really good at makeup. So yeah, I, I liked that. her. <laughs> she's <Yeah>. also so <laughs> she's fellow, cool. She can stay. She's a fellow spooky bitch. So you know, bonded over horror and all of that good stuff. Oh, good. Um, but yeah, so it was good. We went up to Austin um, because there's not a whole lot to do down here. Mm-hmm. Um, and we uh, went to a state park, uh, McKinney state park um which has these really pretty like rock formations and waterfalls and you can like swim in like the swimming holes there so that's what we did because it's august in texas so Mm -hmm. we're gonna fucking go swim so we're you know messing around having a good time the pool that we were in was pretty deep in the middle and like you couldn't touch deep and like i mean it's fine if you know how to swim but this one man um went in on this one spot where it looks like you could just get in. It's going to be shallow because there's like oh. a shallow beach right next to it. But he was getting in off the rock and just sunk straight down to the deep. There's I I went through that way um, while I was kind of exploring. And if you go in off of that rock, it, you cannot touch the bottom. Like it's oh. like a surprise kind of. Surprise, bitch. Yeah. Like you it's a lot deeper than you think. And this poor gentleman didn't know how to swim <gasps> oh my god oh no Jesus. so i hear somebody yelling something and i turned around and i saw him kind of struggling but i was like is this for attention like what's going on but the minute he came back up and said help i can't swim Corey and i just took off after Look him the shit <laughs> and we were like all the way across the swimming hole nobody else moved why why do people suck so much no one else moved until we started swimming and so but Corey was the one who got there to him first and literally he like dove down and then pushed up off the bottom to push this man up so that somebody else could pull him back onto shore but like we were like one of the farthest people away from this person and we had to go all the I'm way across saying- when someone was closer and they're not moving. That's yeah. Oh, so, so that, that was cool. like the first time I've ever like had to help save somebody's life in that way. So that was interesting. Um. Yeah. Look at you. You saved <laughs> one's life. Jesus, <laughs> Um. So that was uh, a fun little survival adjacent story. Um. I don't think anything terrible would have happened to him because I feel like there were enough people there that You know, they would have, I think a lot of people were trying to figure out if he was just messing around because you know how people can be sometimes, but. And like people have like the fight, flight, freeze, fawn, like trauma response too. So maybe everyone too, like they were still processing him. Saying like help, I can't swim, and they're all like, "Wait, is this real life right now?" Like, yeah, can and it, not it, it, like I what, did that like, for what like <laughs> a second because I I thought I, he said help, but I wasn't entirely sure. I thought well, I was like, well, maybe he just you know jumped in and yelled or something. You know what I mean? So I yeah. took me a, a second, and I think I, that's fair. But yeah, we we had to like book it across the pool to go get this man because no one else was. So damn, that was interesting. Did you guys call at least, like, EMS afterwards and make sure, like, he was good, like, didn't swallow anything? Um, he was okay. His wife came over and um, made sure he was okay. He didn't, like, swallow a lot of water. He just okay. was kind of floundering and, like, going okay. down and popping back up. It uh, only took us, like, like maybe 20 seconds at the most to get over there to him. But so it probably felt like an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and I'm, like... Neither of us are are particularly fast swimmers we're strong swimmers but we're not like super fast like, yeah <laughs> goodness gracious yeah I feel Wowie. like with our field it's better to be a strong swimmer and like a endurance swimmer than a fast swimmer but in that circumstance I wished we could have been a little bit faster but what are you gonna do? yeah so. So anyway, that was uh, that was my weekend. We had a good time. Otherwise, um, went to some breweries and went to a soccer game. But uh, oh, a soccer game! Wow, why is this so loud? Uh, there we go. Okay. Um. So yeah, but that kind of uh, brings me into the next little bit. I found a survival news article from fairly recently. Yeah. Um. So we talked about somebody surviving, um, getting eaten by a whale. Yes. Um, but this is a different and more expected attack, but it ended in a very different way. So like when I think of animal attacks, I think of like bears mostly. Right. (laughs) Or sometimes sharks, even though there's a lot of stuff surrounding that, that I don't necessarily agree with. It's, it's their home. Sharks live there. Same with bears, honestly. Um, but so this man was basically stuck in his cabin for a week after being attacked by a grizzly bear in Alaska um, because the bear would not leave his cabin. Oh no. So he had to get on his roof and write an SOS sign like in the snow on his roof. Yeah, I don't know if it was snow. I gotta I gotta read it. Oh um, sorry. It might be because Nome, Alaska is pretty far up there. So I don't know if they, you know, don't have snow this time of year. But this happened um, like around the end of July. Um, This article is from the 22nd of July. So pretty Mm -hmm. recent. So it says Richard Jesse, a longtime summer miner, survived an aggressive bear attack near his cabin last week. On Monday, July 12th, Jesse was riding his ATV with the attached trailer in the Big Four Creek, um, and this is kind of near Nome, Alaska, um, to his cabin where a grizzly bear pounced on him. He said, the bear came out of nowhere. It rolled my bike in the trailer over like it was a toy car. He was in shock and hypothermic. So the ATV like sank into um, the river that he was next to and his cell phone was with it with it so he didn't have a cell phone Bomber. so he fired a shot at the bear with his pistol and he was able to escape to his cabin and the bear just like continued to a cap like attack the walls and the windows and the doors which i would hope the walls would protect you but the windows yeah. that's like what i'm worried about yeah jesus <laughs> did he like barricade them have barricades sorry ah. out of my mouth <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so yeah he he must have barricaded it doesn't say anything specifically in this article but um i would he assume conf- so if the windows are like you know yes yeah. So he doesn't know why the bear was so aggressive. Um, he's thinking maybe the bear had cubs nearby. There's no information on whether it was a male or a female. Um, and it's not like he was going to go figure that out. Yeah, right? I would not go figure that out. So he had to hide in his cabin for several days. And then eventually he was able to climb on the roof and use plywood. So not snow, but plywood. Okay. To make a big SOS sign. Um, So he was in shock. He wasn't sure how many days, um, but it ended up being four days that he was like trapped in his cabin. Um, Yeah. And then a Coast Guard helicopter. Sorry. Sorry. I had food, right? Mm hmm. Okay. I just didn't know if that was like a, I had just gotten to my cabin and still needed to get to get provisions type of situation Mm. or a, I live here and I have food. I believe he had food because he was mining in the area. So it wasn't, he was already like established in the cabin, but still, I mean, he, he was injured, um, from this attack and, um, the bear was like relentless. Like it came back every night, all night, like, just trying to destroy the, the cabin. So a coast guard helicopter just managed to like fly by, um, on accident and because they took an atypical route due to like cloud and weather conditions mm-hmm. and they just happened to see the cabin with the SOS and um, Jesse was actually on the roof, like waving at them. Oh shit. That's yeah. Nice. <laughs> so, um, so they flew back over and uh, landed nearby to check on him. And um, the uh, helicopter pilot, Uh, Adam Carr said, I'll remember that man's face forever. It was traumatic, but I'm glad um, that somebody was looking out for me is what Jesse said. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, for sure. So he didn't have any visible lacerations, but he had several large bruises and a knee injury from when the bear actually flipped his uh, ATV over. Um, So he was, you know, injured and in shock. And he also says that he uh was kind of hypothermic too when the attack first happened um because he fell into the river yes yes um I had to get warm again so I'm going to Alaska in a couple of weeks (laughs) (laughs) and we're supposed to be camping in Denali and I guess what you have to do before you do that is pass a bear training course when you get Mm -hmm. there so um well where are you going where in Denali denali that's probably bear country i don't think there's any part of alaska that isn't bear I country um, i mean it's the national park so i would assume that you know yep park rules yeah so uh good luck with that um I actually yeah i have a little nervous <laughs> i actually have some advice um from the npr article about this ever wonder what you should do when in bear country this yes. is what the alaska wildlife agency recommends Keep the garbage and food at your home secure so it doesn't attract bears. Or if you're going camping, maintain a clean campsite and store food out of reach. Uh, Don't surprise a bear. Make noise, sing, or talk loudly to let them know you're there. Stay alert and look for signs of bears. Never approach or crowd bears. Give them space. If you approach their personal space, they'll feel threatened and become aggressive. During a bear encounter, stay calm and don't run alert the bear by facing it and talking calmly stand close to others in your group or wave your arms slowly above your head to look bigger try to back away slowly while while keeping your eyes on it but if the bear follows stop if the bear continues to focus on you raise your voice beat on pans use noisemakers throw rocks or sticks use a deterrent such as bear spray if you have one so yeah i'm pretty sure we're gonna get bear spray okay you a lot of have... people also carry guns but i mean if you're visiting i don't know how that works yeah um when we were in what was it wyoming green tetons yellowstone area mm-hmm. you have to have bear spray entering the park i think that's what they like the rules yeah. are so. yeah i mean i feel like this is one of those kind of weird circumstances um because yeah, still, it made it's the a little nerve wracking <laughs> yeah <laughs> it is. like I mean I feel like that's not too abnormal to happen out there um but mm-hmm. also the fact that it made the news it's just yeah like just a friendly reminder that bears exist and yeah so I don't mean here. to you know freak you out but um no I've already been freaked out so you're fine <laughs> <laughs> it's okay <laughs> it's all good I've already been like wondering about it because when So, you know where Old Rag is in Virginia, right? Yes. So, I went to hike that one time after I was sampling, and um, I, like, started the trail and, like, probably, I don't know, like, 20 feet onto the trail, I saw um, a bear cub to the side. Mm. And I I mean, it's a heavily trafficked hike, so I'm just kind of like, that's interesting because that's so close to people. But also, where's mama bear at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I was a little nervous for, like, the first couple of steps of that hike. But everything obviously turned out fine. But <clears throat> that was only a cub. And I only saw it for, like, a hot second. So I don't know what I would do if I saw an adult grizzly bear <laughs> in Alaska. I, actually, <laughs> I have a video of my friend. She's um, up in Alaska right now working – near Seward, um, on an island for a salmon hatchery. You mean Haley? No, you don't know her. Sydney. Oh, Oh, okay. Uh,
1: You know, Haley Jenkins
0: works up there though. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, not Haley, (laughs) different. She just sent me a video and, uh, it's literally like a group of like, I don't know, maybe 15 Grizzlies, and Jesus. they're just playing in the stream and like catching salmon. And these little cubs are like running up to her, like playing and having a good time. And the mom comes after and they go like within a couple of meters of her. Yeah. And I was like, Sydney, <laughs> maybe like don't, don't kill yourself out there. Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, bear mace, even if they don't give it to you, you might want to buy some. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Just definitely doing that. Yeah. And you're going with other people. So you're not going to be on your own. No. And Um, the other people I'm going with are smarter than me. So. Right. And it's, it's just better to be in numbers. So, you know, just try not to go off anywhere too far on your own. Cause I feel like that's when these kind of circumstances happen. Yeah. Get yourself a buddy system. Yeah. Yeah. So, but anyway, so that's our, uh, our recent news story. That's and, fine. Uh, I'm glad he got out okay. Right. I mean, he didn't get mauled, so it's fine. Oh, uh, That could have been a lot worse. He could have gotten, like, injured and not been able to make it back to his house or his cabin. Mm-hmm. Or he could have not even been in a situation where he had a cabin, yeah. like, could well, and, th- and that's just like <laughs> abnormal bear behavior, anyway. Um, yeah, like they don't follow you to your house and stick around no, for days. So there's something going on with that specific bear. And if it makes you feel any better, Nome is very far away from Denali. Oh, so, uh, so he ain't coming anywhere close to me. That specific bear will probably not be <laughs> coming anywhere close. To <laughs> yes. <you. laughs> yes. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. Well, whale well, that. Uh, we're going to we, talk about another cold weather story. <laughs> yeah, what are we? This one's in the southern hemisphere, though. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, <clears throat> we're going to be talking about the Uruguayan. Is that even how you pronounce that word? I've been tra- having a hard time with my mouth. Uruguayan. Uruguayan. Uh, yeah, it just sounds weird when I say it. Uruguayan rugby team from 1972. And so there's a movie about this, which I texted you about. Did you know that there was a movie about this? I I'm did. Kidding. I haven't seen it though. It just- it's like so 1990s. It was made in 1993, yes. and like it just is like so <laughs> 90s produced. It's just when I was watching it, I was like, oh wow, this is a this is a bit much, huh? Mm-hmm. Like. One of the notes I have on uh, my Google Doc here is that the plane, like the scene of the plane crash reminded me of a ride at Universal Studios. Because like <laughs> 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 Well, like when they're filming it, it's just like it it's just so 90s filmed and like mm-hmm. all the effects are like have you have you been to Universal Studios before? Yeah. And so like you know, when you're like on the rides and they do the effect where it's like the cold air is like on your face. Like <laughs> That's what it looked like. And I was it's like, oh, so I feel funny. like I can feel the cold air on my face here. And like the fake snow is falling around me. Like, <laughs> and it's like on the, um it's like on the mechanics where it's just like rocking back and forth. It's not even like, you know, tumbling. It just, yeah. So you're just like, you feel like you're in a little universal studios. right. <laughs> so yeah it's pretty pretty 1990s made which is fun it's always it's, fun it's to watch really funny too because Corey and i are re-watching rick and morty for the new season because we didn't really remember what happened in the last season because we only watched it once mm-hmm. and they do this episode i'm not gonna you know get into the episode too, too much like what it's actually about um but they do this whole like i don't know like five to ten minute sequence where uh, morty gets in a relationship with this girl and they end up crashing a plane and literally how the scenario <laughs> plays out is the exact same thing as the story so it's oh really meant to be a spoof and that's so funny that's how i've prepared for this in okay through rick and morty <laughs> love that <laughs> yeah so um, <clears throat> i watched the movie to start writing this because then I also wanted to, like, read some articles and kind of, mm-hmm. you know, fact check and see how much it was accurate. And it was actually pretty accurate. So that was good. Yeah. Um. So on October 13th in 1972, the Uruguayan amateur rugby team was in a plane crash over the Andes mountains and the wreck wasn't found for two months, <laughs> which is <Just> like <laughs> a long time. <laughs> And out of the 45 people that were on board, only 16 survived. And the wreck garnered international attention for a reason that we'll touch on in a hot minute. Well, and if anyone is actually familiar with the story, then you definitely know what the reason is. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes, for sure. (laughs) So, what had happened was the rugby team was supposed to play a game in Chile and they couldn't fill the plane. With just a team so they invited friends parents siblings etc to fill oh. the plane along with the team and this was this was all to help pay the cost of the plane i didn't realize that, that. yeah <laughs> i thought it was just the players. yeah I didn't realize yes. it was a family too no his families oh. were on board and friends okay <laughs> yeah it's a bummer <laughs> um yeah no not good like in the movie one of the survivors from the initial crash i can't i kind of lost like my attention span's not the greatest in the first place. And so when I was watching the movie, I slowly drifted from it. And I can't remember if this particular player ended up surviving the whole thing or not, but he survived the initial crash. And he was like, where's my sister? And I was like, oh no, yeah. that's not fun. Yeah. His, his mom was on board and his mom died instantly type of thing. And it was oh, like, no. yeah. okay, not okay. fun. All right. Yeah. So the plane was known as the Fairchild, and it departed from, I was practicing this word earlier. Carrasco, I think is how you say it. You roll the R's. I believe it. So it departed from yeah, it departed from Carrasco International Airport on October 12th, 1972. So a day before the initial crash happened. Mm -hmm. Um, so poor weather in the Mendoza Mountains forced the plane to land in Argentina and stay the night. And once the weather cleared, the plane carrying 45 people left Argentina at approximately 2.18 p.m. And this is when things get a little hairy because Santiago, Chile, lays west of the Mendoza Mountains and the Fairchild is not rated to fly above 22,500 feet. So the pilots rerouted to go south where the Fairchild could safely clear the Andes Mountains. The pilot had notified air controllers of this course change, and they and shortly after he radioed again to notify them that they had cleared, um, or that they had reached Curico, Chile. I believe is how you pronounce that word too, um, which is about 110 miles south of Santiago, and Santiago is where they were going. So they had to notify the air controllers again that they were mm-hmm. turning north to go to Santiago. Mm-hmm. But here's the kicker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The pilot has or had misjudged their location and they were still in the Andes Mountains. They actually did yeah. not get to where they thought they were. I'm looking at a map right yeah. now and Carico is, is in like the valley part of it. So I was like, oh, mm-hmm. so how the hell did they end up back in the Andes? Mm, mm-hmm. okay. Okay. Yeah, he misjudged that. A lot. Uh-huh. Okay. Hard, hard misjudgment. Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone involved, including the air controllers, were unaware of the mistake because how would they know? Right? They're just trusting what he's saying to them. And because the air controllers thought everything was great, they cleared the Fairchild for landing. And so this is when the pilot starts descending into the Andes Mountains. <laughs> how did he not? Was there like cloud cover or something? Yeah, okay. there was cloud cover. It was like you couldn't see the mountains. He just thought that they were past it, and okay. so I mean, I <laughs> so he guess starts descending. I guess this is in the '70s, so maybe they didn't. I mean, they didn't have GPS on planes then. Maybe not. Maybe I don't don't not. So. I don't actually know. Okay, but so yeah, he's and in the movie, like that's how it shows in the movie. Like they start descending, and then like the passengers are like, "Oh, we're really close to the mountain," and then like the (laughs) pilots are like, "Oh, we need to pull up," (laughs) like you know, and then that's when shit hits the fan. So, at approximately 3:30 p.m. on October 13th, the plane clips the the side of a mountain and loses its right wing, and then it loses its left wing. So now it's essentially like a bobsled soaring through the air. And in the movie, the tail rips off too, and people are like flying out the back. Like, the chairs are like becoming unbolted and just like flying out the back of the plane, and like Mm -hmm. obviously the wings and everything too. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that was a little (laughs) like Hollywood esque of that movie, probably, but also probably not because I can only imagine that that's.
1: I mean, I feel like what
0: happened. That does happen when you, you know, like all the. The force of all that just pulls everything out. Yeah. <clears throat> so the plane crashes in a remote valley near the Chilean border, and a search was started for the plane because the last given location was wrong. Or I'm sorry, but because the last given location was wrong for the search, um, you know, they didn't get to the right spot mm-hmm. because, like, you know, the, he said, Oh, we're over here. And there was like, No, we're not over here. But no one knew that. So, You know, when the search was started, they started it in the wrong spot. Yeah. And um, so, yeah. So the last given location was wrong and the search for the plane was started in the wrong location. And after eight days, the search was called off because they thought that there would be no survivors, given the fact that, you know, they haven't found anything. That happens so often, I feel like, in these stories. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and. But family members of the victims continued their own search, and um, obviously nothing really came from that either because you'll find out later in the story. Mm -hmm. Um, So the crash initially killed 12 people, leaving 33 survivors, and obviously a number of these survivors were injured. But in the movie, it seemed like the survivors weren't even that phased by it. Like one guy goes to take a smoke break like (laughs) (laughs) they're like this might as well happen today (laughs) i know like i was watching this and like you know they all kind of like are a little hazy and they get up and they like assess the situation Mm -hmm. one i think it was the captain of the team he like walks out of the plane and he sees like another member of the plane or another member of the team sitting on his suitcase and like having a smoke and he's like hey man and then he turns around he's like oh you want to smoke like i'm like what the fuck is happening here like (laughs) you guys just survived a plane crash and you're on a smoke break like everything's fine yeah not to mention like your family members were on it, and like people your friends and family are probably dead like yeah okay so in my notes i just have like what the fuck is this guy doing (laughs) (laughs) um But, okay, so the altitude of the crash was at 11,500 feet, so a lot of environmental exposure here. Freezing temperatures, snow, and with high altitude comes trouble breathing for some people. Yeah, so, like, the Andes are the second tallest, like, mountain range in the world, so it's basically, like, crashing in the fucking Himalayas, which, Mm -hmm. what we know from our Everest episode, that can just kill you even if you have everything you need to be on it. Yes, Yeah, and so the body of the plane, um, what's that called? The fuselage? Is that how you say that? Fuselage. Fuselage? That sounds sounds good. Yeah, yeah, sounds all right. Um, (laughs) 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 Council says motion passed. Fuselage. (laughs) Um, So that was used as the shelter for the survivors. Mm -hmm. But because the wings and the tail had been ripped off, there was no way to be completely out of the element. So it was protection, but it was limited protection. Mm-hmm. And obviously at night, temperatures drop and it's so much colder. Yeah, that's not fun. Um, and they didn't have any food supplies, just candy bars and wine, which in the movie, they start rationing chocolate and wine. So <laughs> there's yeah. that. And when I saw that... I- like my initial reaction was to be like really chocolate and wine. But then I was like, I mean, it makes sense if that's the only thing you have, but it just sounded yeah. funny. Like, Oh, we have to ration wine and chocolate. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I mean, so that's wine, all you gotta do, it's, but it's just like you would, it just did not, you know, it, honestly, not the worst food supplies. Uh, no, but like alcohol dehydrates you. Yeah. So but it's kind of like, yeah, I don't know. But I feel like there was enough water around the plane in the form of snow that yeah so I thought I about feel this like, yeah I was like I would ration the wine obviously have all of us drink the wine out then take the bottle and just stuff snow in it and then like put blankets or something around it so it'd melt into water yeah because actually and drinking then, snow can dehydrate you some I, there's something about you, that really yeah you there's something about drinking you? like just eating snow that's not good for, I'm gonna look this up right now oh you need to like melt it first mm-hmm oh okay that's interesting but yeah so that's what i would do i would just get rid of the wine take the bottle use that as like a reservoir and just warm it up so it melts and then we at least have like smart for water that makes sense because i was like i don't feel like they had any wood no yeah because it's it's too high like there's not in the picture i'm looking at the pictures right now it doesn't look like there's any like trees Mm -mm. no there. no this is straight mountain with like jagged edges and rock and stuff Okay, so I found it out. So because the organs have to work harder to heat the ice and melt it, you will like to melt the snow. Oh you it's actually... more metabolic energy for you to do that. Yeah. Interesting. I so know fun survival fact. If you're ever in a snowy situation, you have to melt the snow. And actually using body heat is a good way, would be a good way to do it if you don't have wood. Yeah. Yeah. The more you know. Yeah. Well, so yeah, they had a Their provisions were gone in about a week because it was just chocolate and wine. Yep. Um, And I believe this is the part of the movie where the captain of the team starts to lose his shit because he went to go look in the food box that they had and he saw that it was empty and he thought that someone had purposefully eaten their rations. Oh, God. And so clearly at this point in time, like the mental resilience was starting to decline. Yeah. Yeah. And in the movie, he kind of started to break down like Started the captain being like, I'm the captain of this team. Like, I'm going to lead us, Uh yada, 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 to then being like, ooh, I'm not the best captain. I shouldn't be doing this. Like, Well, and it's like, you may be a good leader for a sports team, but that doesn't mean that you're a good leader for a survival situation, like, you know. Right. And so because they didn't have any more food left and the situation was pretty dire, they all had to have the hard talk and come to the decision to eat the deceased yeah which is when the cannibalism started mm-hmm. to happen which mm-hmm. is disgusting mm-hmm. and uh in the movie that was a scene where they were like ripping like thin layers of flesh off of the deceased and like they all Ooh. had them buried in the snow so it like keep them cold and everything yeah and um didn't yeah it was just like obviously the uh survivors are getting a little um irritated by saying, like, you know, that's my friend or whatever. Like, I can't do yeah. that. So, so it was, was hard. It, was it, like, a unanimous decision or? Like- I think it was. I can't. I obviously, like, my attention span with this movie was, like, on and off. <laughs> so <laughs> I want to say it was more, like, because I remember the scene. They're, like, all sitting in a circle. And, like, they all mm-hmm. just kind of, like, came to the agreement. It, yeah. I don't think it was really unanimous. I think it was just kind of, like, they all knew that it had to happen. So, right. So even if they disagreed with it, they were just like, I get it. You know, I'm sorry. I'm going to be annoying and ask you questions like you ask me questions. Um, So like, did this happen like right after they ran out of chocolate or did it take some time for them to be like, "Okay"? in the movie, it seemed like it happened right after (laughs) like we're out of chocolate. Let's start eating people. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's really what it was, because, like, they were, like, in, like, a little circle, and the yeah. captain went to go check the food box, got all pissed, and then it was like a, I guess we have to start eating people now. Jesus. So, all right. I, and in the article that I was reading, there was no time stamp on it, so uh, just, you know, in about a week, the food was gone, and that's kind of, like, when they had to decide mm-hmm. of what to do. Okay. So, yeah, so then they turned to cannibalism, and uh, over the next few weeks, six more people died, <laughs> but wait, there's more. mm on October 29th, an avalanche hit and buried their only form of shelter, which was the fuselage. Oh, good. <laughs> and in the movie, well, this also caused eight more deaths. And at this point in the movie, I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, these people really cannot catch a break. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I, I looked oh, God. up because I was like, I was taking notes on my laptop as like I was watching the movie. And I looked up to see the avalanche scene. I was like, really (laughs) like an avalanche (laughs) now and then I I thought that was just like a Hollywood thing and then when I was reading the article I was like oh no shit that actually happened an actual avalanche hit them yeah yeah god bless yeah that was just like another shot to the heart do Um, you do you know like what season this took place in it's October so fall time okay because I was thinking like if it was if it wasn't winter like it would be more act like normal for avalanches to happen because of like the snow melting yeah so maybe but i don't know by october i feel like things are starting to harden back up again but anyway sorry i don't know actually because it's the southern hemisphere october would be going into spring oh well then there you go for them so that's that's why i got you here yeah my (laughs) other thought too was like they probably didn't have a lot of like like did they were they prepared they have sweaters and stuff like yes so that was one thing in the movie they showed was they were all pretty much in like turtlenecks, okay, long sleeves, pants, and they had jackets or sweaters on, and in their suitcases they had jackets, sweaters, et cetera. Okay. so they had warm clothing well that's I don't that's think scary. it was enough uh like long for long term, right, but obviously with you know people dying, they are just mm-hmm. taking their clothes too. so
1: mm-hmm. there's that
0: <clears throat> um. So, yeah, so the avalanche happened, killed more, eight more people. Um, but at the same time that the avalanche was occurring, there were some survivors that were also known as the expedition heirs. And they were surveying the land, searching for an escape route. Mm-hmm. On December 12th, with just 16 survivors left, three of these um set out for help. And one of them came back to the wreckage um, just because he couldn't, figure it out do it It's too tired yeah. whatever um but on december 20th the other two came across herdsmen in the village of los I'm gonna have a hard time pronouncing this one los maintenance maintenance m-a-i-t-e-n-e-s how do you say that maintenance maintenance okay yeah we can just edit that part out i'll re this they have a winery <laughs> oh Hmm. That's fun. Yeah. Okay. Chile- sorry. <laughs> Chilean wine is pretty nice. It part. is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, on December 20th, the other two uh, came across herdsmen in the village of Los Matanes, Chile. And these herdsmen were on the other side of a river. So it was kind of hard to hear each other talking back and forth. Mm-hmm um eventually the two groups of men communicated by writing notes on paper and they wrapped that around a rock and they threw the rock across the water <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> so that's how they did that um and so the survivors of the crash their initial note read to the herdsmen i come from a plane that fell in the mountains and this communication had helped to get the authorities notified and on december 22nd two helicopters were sent to the crash site and initially, six survivors were flown to safety, but bad weather delayed the eight others from being rescued until the next day. Yeah. So everyone that was left there eventually did get rescued, but it took two days to get them out. And uh, that's that, my friends. I got my info from Brit- Britannica.com, and I also watched the 1993 movie, I'm Alive, which is based off of this story. And that's, that's the whole story of the uh, Uruguayan rugby team plane crash in 1972. So I have another question now yeah so i remember i went on this deep dive on the donner party kind of <laughs> recently which is another like very well-known like a human cannibalism survival story where yes yes that one is a whole lot more fucked up than this one though mm-hmm. for a lot of reasons but um they made it so that the person wasn't going to eat their relative oh did they do that for this not that i read there was no information that i saw okay to clarify that because i feel like that would be very difficult yeah um just also were they like eating it raw yeah oh god i mean they had no like fire or anything yeah squishy yeah well actually it'd probably be more ice cubey that's <laughs> true I thought it I would probably yeah. want to eat it as ice though personally because raw meat really I know I'd probably like want to cut it up small enough so I just had to swallow it and not really like feel mm-hmm. the texture of it you know yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah so yeah. it's just interesting because I've, you know, we just talked about Helen Clavin and Ralph Flores last week, and they were out there for a similar amount of time, but did not resort to cannibalism, obviously, because if they did, they would just have to kill the other person. But I'm wondering if they had bodies present, would they have indulged? Yeah, I don't know. But they also were crashed in a, like a forest, right? Yeah. So they yeah. had wood and resources around. Yeah. That's I feel true. like where they were at you we, we, we talked about it. they like hunted rabbits or like whatever right yeah but they'd never caught any yeah but there was like that was around yeah i I mean i guess i guess too like with the warmth your body wouldn't have to work as you wouldn't be burning as many calories as yeah. these guys would probably were because they really only had the fuselage for shelter it looks like mm-hmm. yeah <sighs> yeah it's it just stuff It's, yeah, and it's one of those things, too, it's, like, would I actually do that, or? (laughs) I don't know, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know what I would do. Like, me here right now would be, like, just kill me, just fucking kill me, but. So the pilot in the movie asked them to kill him, because he was. Still alive, but injured badly enough, and he was like, "Get my gun, kill me." And the one survivor rugby player was like, nah man, we can't be part of that." <laughs> <laughs> so they, okay. so they didn't actually kill anybody. No, no, it was just the people that were dead So also, if- we, so at the beginning of this movie too, I have a note on here that says, "Fuck this lady," because there was a lady I forget who she was really related to, but it was the mom of someone. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, where's my app? There it is. So, her legs are trapped. She's alive, but her legs are trapped, yeah. right? And, like, they can't do anything to help her the way that everything is, like, it's like she's trapped, right? And which sucks. But, like, you know, they just survived a plane crash. Their friends are dead. Their family's dead. Like, mm-hmm. they. It's a obviously like emotional turmoil where it's like you see someone you want to help them, but you can't help them. Right. And this lady is just like they're pretty much ripping all of them a new asshole for not helping her. And she's like cursing them, praying that they go to hell, like all Ow. that stuff. Like, and this is in the movie, so I don't know if this okay. actually happened in real yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. But like, I was like, if this really did happen in real life, like, fuck that lady, like that's not cool at all. Like, obviously they want to help you, and like it sucks that like they can't. But like, Jesus, lady, come on. Well, because like, they're ult- all in a shitty situation. <laughs> yeah. Ultimately, if whatever she was trapped under was too heavy to lift, like they're gonna have to cut her legs off. Yeah. They don't have they don't have anything to do that. Any, like one, anything to do that with, and then two, how are they going to keep her from bleeding out? Yeah. It's not like they could like burn her wound or anything or I mean, I guess you could do a tourniquet, but it probably wouldn't last that long. I mean, on your legs too. And none of I mean, I don't know if any of them actually had medical training or not, but one of them did actually, it was like a little bit of medical training. It was funny, not funny, funny, but it was just kind of like lighthearted in the movie when the plane crashed one of the survivors was like, I'm not ready for this, man. I just, like, started medical school. Oh, oh, man, no. I, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, God. Here <laughs> we go. Yeah. It's funny, though, because I'm seeing, did it, they have a camera with them? Because um, I'm seeing a lot of pictures uh-huh. that look like it's, like, they're just taking pictures of themselves. Like, there's a picture of like these. Selfies? No. Um oh. But like there's a there's a picture where these guys are sitting on the airplane chairs outside of the fuselage. Mm-hmm. So it must have been before it got buried by the avalanche. Oh,
1: and yeah, they're I see that smiling
0: and, and chilling and just. I don't know yeah, I mean, I'm mean. sure that they had a, um, a camera with them because I'm sure someone wanted to take a camera for like their game. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So that's another fact because I, I always find these to be not more interesting but it's like more of a human connection with it when there are pictures of the ordeal kind of like with Shackleton like they had yeah. photos from almost the entire thing it's just interesting because it's so human to be like well let's document this and then be like oh we're taking a picture let's smile even though they're in like one of they're the worst. worst situations ever yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, fun, fun pics from our trip to the Andes, guys. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, the scenic route. Yeah. And it's amazing that those guys were even able to get down to see it, like to reach anybody, because those mountains are like notoriously very hard to climb as well. I I don't know where they were specifically. And I don't know enough about mountain climbing in the Andes, but I actually do have some like mountain climbing Survival stories from the Andes. So, oh, cool. Yeah, that uh, we might eventually. I mean, they also might be smiling because this might also still have been at a point in time when they were thinking that they were going to get rescued. Yeah, because in the movie, like one of the conversations that was had between the survivors was like, "Oh, we're going to get rescued. It's fine. They know where yeah. our, our location." Blah 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 blah. And then, like after a couple of days, one of the other teammates is like, pretty much like we should have been rescued by now if they knew where yeah. we were like, you got to stop thinking that we're going to get rescued. Cause like God. it's not, it's not happening. Yeah. That's, that's the scary thing. Yeah. Yeah. That one, that one's a rough one. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And then like, there was a YouTube
0: video that I was clicking on earlier today. It's a uh, Robert, Robert. Wow. Can I speak? No, I can't. Roberto Canessa relives mm-hmm. plane crash in the Andes 45 years ago. So like a, one of the survivors is on mm-hmm. youtube talking about it in an interview for uh cgtn america mm-hmm. where that is <clears throat> and that interview was in 2017 so pretty recent yeah it's just wild Now i yeah. want to read a book Well, and it says in the Britannica article, it says the aftermath and resulting um, or in the resulting media frenzy, the survivors revealed that they had been forced to commit cannibalism. Yeah. The the admission caused a backlash until one of the survivors claimed that they had been inspired by the Last Supper in which Jesus gave his disciples bread and wine and they stated uh, and that he stated were his body and his blood the explanation helped sway public opinion and the church later absolved the men. The oh my God. Basis of a number of books and films, including the bestseller alive 1974 by Piers Paul Reed, which was adapted for the big screen in 1993, which is the movie I watched the other day, three 99 to rent on Amazon prime. Yeah. Yeah. That's another tricky thing because South America, I mean, it's very religious. A lot of Catholic mm-hmm. Roman Catholic, um, as a lot of people there obviously descendants from spanish or portuguese so very catholic here you know it's a little bit more secular so it's like we can understand as long as you didn't actually kill the person like if you had to survive yeah okay but there it's interesting that they were like well it's just like jesus you know we're just doing what jesus did like oh Oh my my god God. like all right you're absolved from your sins Oh, wow. That's crazy. And in the movie, um, as the plane is going down, one of the players is praying. I believe he's saying the Hail Mary. And then when he survives the crash, he says to his fellow survivors, like, I did this. I prayed for us. I saved us. Oh. And I thought that was a little bit weird to to put in the movie because that just kind of is like, yeah, I hope hope that he didn't take all the, the... uh, responsibility of saving everyone by praying well yeah because it's like then you had to go on and eat your friends and family like I don't know that that's necessarily yeah you don't want to take responsibility for that part of it yeah I guess. yeah but that's kind of like the whole thing with last week with Ralph Flores how he was trying to convert um Helen god that still pisses me off from Judaism to Mormonism or just Christianity I think and like basically was being like, okay, well, we're not getting rescued because you're not Christian. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it's like fuck off. So sometimes I think religion can be very helpful for an individual in this situation, but I do yeah, feel which like, like it's fine for him. Like he could have said, I saved myself because I prayed. Yes. But it's like you didn't save everyone. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Like I just feel like there's um, I don't know. That probably sounds like an asshole thing to say, but I just. Not Medicine. to mention probably everybody was praying in some way that's, or another. Yes, <laughs> like, <laughs> that's why I'm like who who knows if it was really you or not. Like <laughs> like hell, I'm, you know, pretty secular and I'd be fucking praying cuz, you know, you might as well, right? Well, and it's just like, you know, if if it's your time, it's your time. Like if it's not your time, God's going to keep you safe. So like just <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You know, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's always an interesting thing. And I don't want to like, you know, say like, oh, Christianity is bad. Religion is bad. Blah, blah, blah. That's not the point I'm trying to make. It's just interesting how individuals handle it when they're highly religious. Like some people go to the extreme end of, you know, my religion saved us. Or if you're not my religion, we're not going to get saved. And some people like Helen Clavin or even, um, oh, the guy from Nutty Putty Cave, he was Mormon, his brother was Mormon, and he did a lot of praying um, Mm -hmm. while he was stuck in that kind of situation, where Mm -hmm. it, like, actually is a source of comfort, and is a source of Mm -hmm. inner strength, and so it's just interesting how different how that kind of thing affects different people. Definitely, and in the Helen Clawbin situation, it can also be a point of tension. It's religion is a very touchy subject. It's like, it's kind of <laughs> like, you got to dance around it. Yeah. Um, or, you know, you could be in a situation, you know, like uh, Ernest Shackleton where you believe that an angel is following you and you actually see a person, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, there's just, it's a very interesting, it's an interesting thing to see how people in these intense stress situations how they are impacted Mm -hmm. by you know their belief system yeah Yeah. um yeah that is interesting well i'm glad the catholic church absolved them of their sins because i mean they did what they had to i really wouldn't have even thought that that would have been an issue but i mean now i know that they're even that that, that's a thing so yeah yeah so hopefully I will never be in that situation. I uh, no, Thank you. Yeah. I don't know if I could ever do that. Um, yeah. I don't mind if people eat me. I just don't want to eat other people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I already have issues with eating meat to begin with because like in my brain, I'm like, this is muscle. This is muscle fiber. Like even if it's from an animal, which oh. I, that's my own thing. I'm not vegetarian actually. And I, I, there are certain kinds of meats that I love a lot, but there's also certain kinds of meats that I just can't do like texturally. So, Oh God, oh. it would be so hard. Yeah. That's weird. Now. I don't think I'm going to get that out of my head whenever I eat meat now. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's okay. That's how I, <laughs> that's how I am with blue cheese though. Like I literally, I hate blue cheese cause of, I like do too. Taste and stuff, but like my brain is just like, you're eating mold yeah 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 that's like that's how my brain is (laughs) can't get out of that so yep so mm, things to think about next time you uh take a bite into a big old piece of meat (laughs) particularly for me it's anything that's pulled like pulled pork or like chicken salad where it's like stringy because those are like literally muscle fibers like that's what that is Mm -hmm. yeah but they're good muscle fibers (laughs) 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 <laughs> oh so, yes i i'm obviously very special <laughs> in that regard i've been called un-american because i don't like pulled porch pulled pork sandwiches i'm like but i like ribs so <laughs> really people so, call you un-american who called you un-american oh you know as a joke as a joke oh okay you know, i not was like, like in, yeah Like, Jesus, what is wrong with people these days? It's like you can't even like not like pulled pork sandwiches out American. Like what? (laughs) Like, I know you live in Texas, but geez. (laughs) Actually, ribs are a bigger deal here than pulled pork is and brisket also. I believe it. Yeah, Yeah. I believe brisket for sure. Pulled pork I feel like is more of a um East Coast uh, East Coast Southern situation. Same with like the Carolina sauce versus like, you know, the Yeah. barbecue it's like the vinegar over like the mustard base like you know like all that difference. yeah I, I definitely yeah. preferred like Texas and, and actually Kansas City barbecue over East Coast barbecue which is very on un- East Coast of me but I don't really like Carolina barbecue because I yeah. want that sugar and I want that little bit of spice and I want that crunch. you know that like crunch. real sheet <laughs> like I love how we just transitioned from talking about cannibalism to talking about barbecue because that's <laughs> a natural. So basically what I'm saying, if I'm in a survival situation, the only thing I have is barbecue sauce. And you die.
1: Just light me up. I'm gonna make
0: some ribs. I'm gonna make some damn ribs. (laughs) Flather me up with some barbecue sauce. (laughs) Get yourself a good, crunchy bite out of me. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I've even told my friends, like, when we've watched, like, zombie scary movies before, we've all, like, had a pact. I was like, hey, man, like, I'm okay if you shoot me in the head if I, like, get bit oh, by yeah. a zombie. Like, just go yeah. do it. <laughs> like, no, yeah. like, I'll accept that fate. I'll be like, this fucking sucks. But, yeah, I did just get bit, and I'm going to turn soon, so just, just tell me just now. shoot me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So that's my uh, survival tip of the day. Um, along with all of your plane snacks that you bring on any plane flight, um, bring some barbecue sauce. Yeah. Make sure you just bring more than chocolate and wine. On yeah. the plane. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> some form of protein, which we talked about this last time. I like my uh, my beef jerky. Yeah, actually, chocolate's not a bad survival food in the sense that it's it's very like lard heavy. So it's like fatty. Yeah, sugars. So there's like, and there's also sugar, so it's, like, high calorie. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, probably some kind of protein would also be good. <clears throat> yes. Yes, um, for sure. All right. Anyways, should we do a little lightening the mood with some positive talk? Yeah, let's stop talking about barbecuing human beings. Otherwise, people are going to start thinking I'm, like, Jeffrey Dahmer or some shit. Uh. Well, it's also, like... <laughs> getting to be lunchtime here and i'm like damn some barbecue sounds real nice right now but i'm also still without a car so it's not oh, like i can go do that no. i all have right. some uh i think i chicken thighs is what i bought the other day i got some chicken thighs on the freezer i could thaw those out and put some bbq on that but, there you go yeah little, little bbq thighs all mm-hmm. right well yeah let's uh talk about happy things I gotta think about mine. I was like, you go first. I (laughs) I usually go first, but I have not actually thought about it too too much. Are we doing happy things from last week or coming up? Either. Um well, coming up, I'm going home, so that's nice. I'm excited to go home. If this fucking storm and my COVID tests come back negative and the storm doesn't hit us and ruin my flight plans. Yeah. uh, So there's that. And you're going to Alaska to get eaten by a bear, so Oh <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, uh, sure This fun. actually, this Alaska trip will actually be the first time I am camping in some sort of bare environment where I will need to stash my food. So I, it's gonna be a little bit of a learning lesson for me, and I'm nervous about it. So I'm I'm sure it'll, like if you're going with other people that know kind of what to do, that'll be good. Yeah, and one of the girls that we're going with, she used to live in Alaska, so she's mm. kind of like leading the the show on this one, which I don't mind. Um, yeah, because we're doing what I wanted to do anyway. Like, so this trip was planned for my friend, Sarah, it was planned for her birthday trip. And then she invited me and, um, you know, it's a group trip. So we're, we're trying to plan it all as a group, but some people are busier than others. So communication isn't always that streamlined. And, mm-hmm. um, so one of the girls, the one that, uh, has lived in Alaska before has pretty much been like, okay, we can do this, that blah, blah, blah. Because Sarah pretty much gave, like, a general overview of what she wanted to do. We want, She wanted to go to Denali, and she wanted to see the Northern Lights. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're doing. But, like, all the small parts haven't really been planned. So that's what uh, her friend Stormy is doing. And um, the other week, they were like, you don't mind that I'm planning on this or that she's planning on this, do you? I was like, no, I'm literally happy to be along for the ride. We're going to the places I wanted to go to anyway. So we're seeing the things I wanted to do anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I was like, I've never been here before. Please, someone else take the lead. I don't, yeah, want, I don't know what I'm doing. Nice, like, <laughs> So it's okay. And uh, so, yeah, I'm stoked. So we're yeah. going to like get a hotel the first night that we get in there because we're going to get in at like, I think it's gonna be like two o'clock in the morning. when we yeah, get Yeah. And it's the time difference is crazy. So you're going to be screwed up anyway. Yeah. So yeah. we're going to do that. And then we're going to hit up REI and probably Walmart and just like get some equipment. I got a REI gift card I got to use and um, I need Sweet. to get a, I want to get a backpacking tent. So I'm probably going to buy that out there. And then mm-hmm. I want, I, I need to get a sleeping pad. So I'm going to buy that when I'm out there too. And then if I see anything else, I will do that. I need to check all of my camping gear and my camping boxes and my fucking car that's in the shop. So I need to go over to the shop and get that out of my car. <laughs> it's just like, a, it's just a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how I felt last month. So um, I guess that's one of my happy things is like, everything's finally kind of settling down. I mean, I was super busy this week, but that's actually just been because of work. But I feel like I've just partied and been hungover the entire month of July because we were in Hawaii for two weeks and then we got back and we had
1: or both of Luau our
0: birthday and then my birthday, too. And your birthday. Yeah. And uh, my brother is here and he's young. And his wait, did I wish young, you a happy birthday? I feel like you did. I think I did. I okay. hope I did happy birthday to you too i'm sorry your yeah car broke down. Um, <laughs> i was like wait what are you doing? so it's just been like every weekend there's been something and like this is the first this weekend and last weekend or the first weekend that we could like actually just chill at the house and like take care of stuff so that's why this weekend has been really busy because i'm just trying to get the yard taken care of and clean the pool and do all that stuff so but i i am working Uh, this weekend as well because I've got some live fish to take care of yes after uh, after this I'm gonna head over there um and do some water changes so it's kind of nice to have stuff to do at work again though I feel like summer is always kind of the slow season for me
1: uh, yeah just
0: because of the way my projects work um which is fine but I was getting bored (laughs) (laughs) so um but yeah I guess my uh looking forward to in the future is that it is almost spooky season it's almost spooky season and spooky season for me I feel like starts September 1st because if Christmas can last two months so can Halloween so (laughs) (laughs) so I am getting ready I have really good spooky, mysterious, uh, stories prepped for us. that are going to be a lot of fun and a little creepy. Um, so the month of October is going to be super fun on this podcast. And then next month we're doing, um, a hurricane special. (laughs) Yes, tis the season for hurricanes. I'm really glad that our Wi-Fi's did not go out today. And by our Wi-Fi's, I mean my Wi-Fi, because I'm the one with the problems over here. (laughs) Well, this time, next time, it might be me. Yeah. (laughs) So, but yeah, as we're entering hurricane season, we are going to be doing some specials on uh, hurricane survival in the next couple of episodes. I'm pretty excited about that. Um, But we may be recording from an evacuation Uh, standpoint yeah speaking of that I just looked at the radar (laughs) for grace coming Mm -hmm. and so grace is currently over Puerto Rico as a tropical storm right now Uh and uh, the cone is uh, going right over Cuba and the lower keys and uh, headed straight for the gulf side of Tejas oh so uh, I might be uh, in on that yeah as well <laughs> fun all right so we may be recording the next episode from an evacuation standpoint yeah, where it- out. oh but it's curving up it look- oh well maybe no not. so the yeah. one that curves up is uh grace and the or fred and the one that's going towards texas is oh uh, uh, that's grace. like heading right towards us yeah <laughs> oh god like right towards where we live all right fun so <laughs> now you know what it's like to live on the gulf coast you never know what You know, weekend's going to be completely ruined because you have to evacuate for hurricanes. Yeah, Grace is curving up through Alabama and will be a uh, tropical depression by the time it hits Montgomery. Well, hopefully it'll just be a tropical storm if it goes through the Keys, um, may like lose some of its strength. I think it will because it's going to the way that it is right now, it's going over land the whole time like when it goes over Haiti it's a tropical depression and then it gets to be a tropical storm again over Cuba Mm -hmm. so fingers crossed it loses that's funny though that might impact both of us (laughs) that's why I told you I was like I'll give you a heads up when it comes by I'll send you a text tell you how it is. well if I have to evacuate next weekend I'll uh, bring my podcasting equipment with me yeah All right. It's so, funny, you guys could probably evacuate here and just like circle all around it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh my goodness. Um, so all right. That's fun. That's fun. That's it. <laughs> so uh where can people uh find us if they want to listen to us? You guys can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts. We got our website, Mother Nature Will Kill You Podcast.com. We have our social media, which is Instagram and Twitter. Um, Instagram is Mother Nature Will Kill You Podcast, and Twitter is MNWKY Podcast. Um, that acronym messes me up every time, but kind I kind of got funny. it. I got it. I just have to say it slowly. <laughs> um, And then we're also on Google Podcasts. Anchor is our platform where we upload everything. And you can also listen to us on Anchor. There's all these, yeah, platforms. There's so many ways to listen to our sultry tones. So go do it. And if you want to submit your own personal survival story or a survival story of your friend or family member that you like to share... Um, you can either contact us on any of our social media uh, platforms. Yes, yeah. And then also through the website, there's a place for you to submit that mm-hmm. there. Um, and we would love to um, read the weird shit that's happened to you out on this podcast. Um, or like any survival tips that you may have. Yeah, you know, Especially for bears. <laughs> And it doesn't have to be something crazy, you know, like this, where you had to eat people. It can, you know, be something small, like you were on a sinking boat one time, or you got lost in the woods for a very long period of time that was kind of concerning, but you found your way out eventually, you know, because these kinds of things happen to us um, more often than you think they would. It's just the big, uh, gruesome, scary ones that make the news. So Mm -hmm. Um, and then if you want to help the podcast out, you can give us five-star review on any of those viewing platforms so that the algorithm um, will pick us up and start putting us on other people's pages um, that yes. have the same interest. That's just how all of that works. Um, it would be greatly appreciated. So five-star rating. Five, only five stars. Anything Nothing else? Just, just go die yes please don't die we have enough negativity in this world if you want to give us a one-star review just don't and hey man if you you see someone struggling in a situation go help them yeah (laughs) jesus don't let them drown yes (laughs) how about we do more of that yeah. 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 We need to be kinder in this um, modern world because there's a lot of things that are scary and bad and mean. Yes. That's Extending all. grace to people is very important. Yes. You never know who needs it. Exactly. All right. Well, with with that, until next time, stay safe. But most of all, stay curious, explorers. Bye. 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 Recording stopped.